Independent Faith. The recorded account of an evangelizing woman is indeed the portion of scripture that we will be looking into. John chapter 4, verses 39 through 42. We want to learn about having an independent faith and to see the example found within the heart of a woman, a passion, a belief that caused her, her faith, her belief to outwardly act or activate an evangelistic mission to have her people hear something, to know something. And it truly, um, it truly is fascinating. It is a recorded account that is truly fascinating and piercing, challenging. So as we've been going through the Gospel of John in our sermon sessions, within the uh, worship to our Father in Heaven on His day, the first day of the week, we find ourselves in this section of text, inspired text. And we've been learning about the Christ. We've been getting to know who Jesus is. And uh, we've certainly have been blessed to read and study and learn these inspired words, these witnessed, eyewitnessed accounts, recorded testament. And we've been learning about the new birth and how all mankind is to obey this new birth and that it is indeed part of the organic spiritual system, the pattern God wrote when we believe in Jesus and that there is no prejudice in this new birth, the gospel, the good news. From Nicodemus, we've learned and we've read a leader of the Jews, morally upright, decent, one of trust and leadership, socially accepted, wealthy, to a shameful woman, a Samaritan woman, snared in all kinds of sinful activity, both representing their parties, if you will, one of religious prestige, of re religious privilege, and the other of impure endeavors, sinful practices, not born within the covenant of Abraham's lineage, not a member of the body of Israel, of Judaism, but of the foreigner, one who is afar off, a Samaritan. Now one would assume quickly that the Jews would have been the party to believe and follow the Christ. 
And we would not have been at fault to believe that. Yet it was the heathens, the pagans, the Gentiles, the Romans, the Greeks, the Samaritans, that embraced Jesus the Christ. And Luke chapter 7 verse 47 would quote, But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. The Jews were privileged with the law and should have known the Christ, yet they chose to reject him. And we've been told this information by the Gospel of John back in chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, where it says, and I quote, He came to his own, and those who were, with, those who were his own did not receive him. His own family, both in blood and in Judaism, the Jews, They had become self-righteous, hypocrites, bullies. So certain of their, so certain of their um, uh, scholarly knowledge of the Bible that they're in uh, that in their corrupt and selfish minds, they could have never been wrong. For being wrong takes humility. And they'd lose their preeminence among them if ever they decided to become poor in spirit. As Jesus proclaimed in Matthew chapter 5 verse 3. They had everything available to embrace the man Jesus, the Christ. Yet his own, the text would say, did not receive him. But these foreigners, these non-Jews, did indeed believe in him. And all of this sets platform to the text, the portion of text we are going to be reading from verse 39 to verse 42. And of course, Jesus recognized the neglect, the denial from his own people. And he spoke in Matthew 23, 37, saying, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a, a, a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye, the Jews, have crucified, both Lord, which is ruler, and Christ, the King. You can read that. That's a quote from Acts chapter 2, verse 36, when the apostles, miraculously endowed by the Holy Spirit, governed by God, stood up among the people as the fulfillment of the kingdom was being established. The doors were being opened for all who sought legal citizenry. 
And so they rose among the people and they spoke to the Jews and told them the death, burial, resurrection, witness, and ascension of the Christ and that they had blood on their hands. The Jews had blood on their hands. Inspired men spoke and said that ye have crucified. These were God's people. This was the house of Israel. If anyone should have known who Jesus was, it should have been the Jews. If anyone should know the New Testament and live according to the Messiah's way, it should be us Christians. Yet how many of us live unfaithfully and participate in all sorts of divisive corruption and hate and rebellion and do not see the plainly written text for what it reveals. The Jews ultimately denied Christ, rejecting the prophets, their own men of honor, such as Moses. Jesus himself, speaking to these Jews, would say, you honor and respect Moses. Well, if you did so, you'd know who I am. Moses spoke of me. And it would be that those who were afar off, the foreigners, they indeed loved Jesus. And in John chapter 4, verse 39 through 42, we read the recorded account of a Samaritan woman who believed and received Jesus. And Sunday passed throughout our sermon session. We embarked on that journey of that inspired text and we looked at that and we, we proclaimed it and we learned from it. And this here woman received and believed so much so she became fruitful for her master. And this produced a crop of individuals who grew into an independent faith. And therein lies the point in which we will take home. Independent faith. The recorded account of an evangelizing woman. It was quite the interaction that had taken place between Jesus and Nicodemus and the stature of this leader of the Jews and this lowly, shameful woman, a foreigner, not a Jew, someone seen as un impure by the Jewish mind and tradition. And the interaction between this woman and how her sins were transparent before our Lord and Master, and yet still, he did not deter from the mission, which is to be the savior of the world. And he brought her along to a journey in her thoughts, to a piercing in her heart, to recognize that he was separate, he was different, that he might indeed be the restorer, that she, her people, and her traditions had been reading of in the Pentateuch. And she had been convinced by the end of this interaction that this man indeed held a power not common to other men on this earth. Nor the Jews nor the leaders of her people were capable 
of speaking such authority and having such insight into the lives and minds of mankind. And so she was convinced, so much so, that the Holy Spirit's pen wrote, verse 39, from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in Jesus. Why? The text says, because of the word of the woman who testified. How did they become believers in Jesus? Because of the word she, this Samaritan woman, a woman drenched, snared in sinful lifestyle. Yet they believed in him through her. Well, it should have been Nicodemus they would have believed in Jesus. It should have been the ruler of the Jews. It should have been the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the various other sects of religious organizations during that age that would have been the vessels in which people would have believed in Jesus. But it wasn't. It was a Samaritan woman, a fornicator, participating in adultery, living a life of false worship. From that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He, Jesus, told me, me, a Samaritan woman, all the things that I have done. I wonder if Jesus' disciples, while he walked on this earth and they followed Jesus, were capable of bringing so many people from a city to believe in Jesus. Yet this one woman, a Samaritan woman, ugh, you don't mess around with Samaritan womans. No, 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 you'll find them on St. George Street about 2 a.m. on a Saturday. That's where you find them. Through her word, Many believed in Jesus? She must have spoken in such a way that governed their thoughts not to her. Because what could she offer them? <laughs> she, was she was shamed in the community. So it wasn't about her. They didn't believe because of who she was. They believed the information she was speaking about the restorer. She testified. He told me all the things that I have done. Like, who can know that? He has to be the restorer. He has some kind of power that we don't have. She was driven in action. A faith with works. She produced something. Through the interaction that Jesus had with her, fruit came. And sometimes one might say, his disciples might have said, why is he talking to her? Now, they did not say that publicly. But if they thought, why is he speaking? What good is this doing for the kingdom? 
That's not bringing any growth to the church. Well, lo and behold, give it enough time, this seed that was planted is bearing fruit. At times, the little things we do might seem to have no significance. Why was he speaking to that person? Why is she doing what she is doing? Give it time. The motive of the heart had a purpose and an agenda. To have someone think about Jesus. What are we doing online? Why do we have our pages and groups? And why do we produce these podcasts? And why do we show our faith transparently to the people of this community saying, we are the East Coast Church of Christ. We are a group of people who belong to Jesus Christ. We are autonomous and we are only governed by this, the, 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 the Holy Bible and we love each other. And we, and here is the location in which God's people are found in an ocean of error. Here is the location where you can find peace and unity. There is no corruption here. And our eldership shepherds and make sure that there is no corruption here. The little things we do might seem to have no significance, but if the purity of our hearts is dedicated to pleasing God. Just sharing the good news of our Lord and Master to this one person snared in sin, he or she might go off and tell their community, you need to hear about the East Coast Church of Christ. You need to listen to our podcast and the sermons being preached. There is truth there. There is reality there. And from that, people will come to believe in Jesus Christ. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, verse 40, they were asking him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And the information revealed from the original language would give us the idea that they were really begging him, like, we need you to stay here and talk to us. They were hanging on to every word he was saying. Like, wow, we need you to stay. <laughs> and many more, in verse 41, believed because of his word. And they were saying to the woman, this is, this, this, this is truly, truly uh, captivating. Verse 42. And they were saying to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves independence. Oh. And know that this one the Restorer is indeed, indeed, that's action, a deed being done, the Savior of the world. The Savior of the world. What did John, the Immerser, commonly known as John the Baptist, say? I must decrease, right? He must increase. John was but a vessel preparing the place, preparing the path forward, speaking the word of this coming Messiah. 
So people believed in the coming Messiah through John. But here came the Messiah. So they got to hear the Messiah and believe in the Messiah through his word. We are but vessels as Christians speaking to people of how Jesus changed our lives and how he rescued us from sin and death and that he is the Messiah and that his church is well and alive today. And many will believe, but they will grow in their independence, in their independent faith when they come to this book and read it for themselves. When they read it for themselves, many more believed because of his word. Many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word the woman testified. That brought them there. <laughs> we're taking people and we're saying, please come with me. I want you to come meet someone. I want you to hear of about, uh, about a man named Jesus. And we bring people to Jesus. And where is Jesus found? Within the written word, the perfect law of liberty. And they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves. You hear the word proclaimed from the preacher. I preach to you the words of this book. If you of your own selves and independent accountability do not become independently aware and tangible to this faith, the system of redemption for mankind, the faith, which was once and for all delivered to the saints, Jude 3, you will make yourself vulnerable to the prowling lion. If you do not grow in independent faith, if you yourselves in your own households don't open this book for yourselves and read what is revealed and learn and study and believe and apply for your own selves, we will become vulnerable, idle, and we will be persuaded by corrupt individuals behind the pulpit who have a cunning tongue to manipulate you, to make you believe all kinds of lies. They'll twist and turn the scriptures to their own agenda and you'll follow them. And you'll say things like, well, I'm comfortable here and I just don't want to deal with the truth, really. I just... Well, what he says seems to be... Well, my preacher said... Well, my pastor said, well, my priest said, yeah, but what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? This Samaritan woman, spiritually organic, it was with that interaction she had with the Messiah, this flame within her of belief produced an outward action. It produced something so that people could see she had been in contact with the Messiah. She had changed in her thoughts and the way she was speaking and the things she was saying. And they believed her. 
but they believed the Messiah through her. And they needed to believe the Messiah for who the Messiah was. And that needed them to speak and believe his word from his mouth. And when they saw him, they wanted him to stay. Stay! Please, listen, you have to stay here. Well, imagine. Imagine the scenario. Did the Jews do that? Oh, stay here. Stay here. You are the Messiah we've been reading about. Moses has spoken about you. Don't go anywhere. Stay here. A man who can control the weather, raise the dead, forgive sins, cast out demons, make whole the lame, cure the sick. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Stay here with us. Please don't go. Teach us, Master. Please teach us. The Jews should have known. Nicodemus should have known. But who knew? This lowly, shameful, sinful, heathen woman. Shameful. We don't even want to go near her. She's curved. She's polluted. She's not pure. Yet she had the heart, poor in spirit, enough to believe. And not only to believe, but to proclaim and bring many to Jesus. And then when this city came to Jesus, they believed for themselves. They grew an independent faith. An independent faith is of most value because it's between you and the word of God. You are governed by God through his word. And so, though you may love me and appreciate me and seek to hear me proclaim this word with passion and animation, you'll be able to spot me if I begin to corrupt the text. If I begin to bring you off the beaten path, you'll be like, oh, no, 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 I, brother. No, no, no. We, we, we believe for ourselves because we've read and we've studied. You need to in your homes during the week, during the days. Take time. Separate time. And read together as a family. Read together. Look at these words. Talk about these words together. Look at this study. And so when the preacher is preaching what you've studied and what you know to be true, then the amen is found. Our preacher is sound and he is encouraging to us because he proclaims what we've studied and what we read. And that makes us effective and fruitful because we'll go off and tell our people, our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, those acquaintances we make in the community and that they'll want to know of this man and how the man of the Bible revealed as the Christ and the Christianity to which the author has revealed is quite different than the Christianity created in the image of men that we see here in this ocean of religion masquerading as Christianity. Men have created Christianity in their own image. We want to bring them to know the Christ revealed in the scriptures, rightly handled. We read again, verse 39 through 42, with closing thoughts. From, the, from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because, why did they believe in him? Because of the word of the woman who testified. We have purpose. 
He told me all the things that I have done. How did Jesus change your life? If you have a hard time thinking about how that happened, it's, it's time we go down on our knees and we look back and we find that moment, that, that new birth, that moment we came up out of that water, born of water and the Spirit when we were added to the kingdom. We need to go back and find the difference in our lives. What changed? How did Jesus change us? Can we tell that to people? Jesus changed me. Jesus changed me. It's not about me, but here's how he changed me so that you will want to know how he can change you. Love, unity, family, forgiveness, grace. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them, begging him, please stay with us. And he stayed there two days. Man, I would not want to sleep. I would just want to listen to him. <laughs> In our day and age technology, we'd have the phones recording. I'm going to put you on YouTube. Jesus came at a better time than YouTube. He came at a time when the pen held weight. And it holds so much weight that we still today read that pen. YouTube videos are going to come and go. But the word stays. Many more, many more. Verse 39, many because of her. Speaking of him. Verse 41, many more because of his word. They were saying to the woman, it's no longer because of what you said, but we believe that we believe for we have heard for ourselves and know that this is the one, the restorer, uh, indeed the savior of the world. Once you have that independent faith, you can go through everything this world has to throw at you. Persecution, right? Health conditions, deteriorating health conditions, the loss of loved ones, the self-righteous hypocrisy we see sometimes in the church from our leaders, the corruption, the divisive wolves, all those attacks in the church that take place. We can navigate through that. We can persevere through those attacks. We can live another day for Christ. Why? Because we have an independent faith. He loves us. We love Him. We don't need to die in sin. The Jews should have known this. They rejected him. Some did believe. We know that. The text says so. The Bible says so. But as a people, the Bible reveals they did not receive him. Who did? What did Jesus say? You yourselves think you'll be reclining at that table, won't you? The Jews. No. No, you'll be taken away. And you'll see the foreigners reclining at that table. You'll see the foreigners, those who are afar off. The Bible speaks that language in regards to the heathen, the pagan, the Romans, the Gentiles, the Greek, the Samaritans. Those filthy Philistines, right? We live now in the age of the Messiah, the New Covenant, the 27 books of the New Testament system. And in this here recorded account, in these chapters, this gospel, the new birth is the very moment in which all must obey. Nicodemus had to know of this birth, and so Christ spoke to him of this birth. 
the Samaritan woman, all. And for us this day, living after the cross, the fulfillment of the prophets came to completion. The Messiah died on that cross, willfully so. So that you and I would have the opportunity to believe in him, to repent of our sins, to confess him as our ruler, our king. He is the son of God. Qualifying to be immersed, dunked, plunged, dipped, submerged, baptizo, buried. Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? The Ethiopian eunuch would ask in Acts chapter 8. Well, if you believe, you qualify. He believed, he qualified. They both went down into the water and Philip immersed him. It wasn't, it wasn't Philip's power saving him. It wasn't the water's power saving him. It was Jesus Christ saving him, washing his sins away, Acts twenty two sixteen. This is the birth in which all mankind must obey. You can't meritoriously earn it, and you have nothing to boast about. We must. It is a spiritual necessity. Truly, truly, I say to you, what did he say to Nicodemus? Unless one is born out of water and the Spirit, he cannot. It'll never happen. You won't be a citizen of the kingdom. You won't be a member of his body. You won't be part of the family of Jesus Christ if you do not go through this new birth, born again. And that is certainly available to all who are poor of spirit, all who seek to be forgiven and placed, added in the realm of all spiritual blessings. All right, my friends, that'll do for this sermon session time. Uh, if anyone needs to respond to that message, by all means, let it be known as we sing. When the master makes the final call and you have to leave this earthly ball, well, where are you going to hide on that great day? Will you hear the Lord say, come well done, or into the mountains will you run? Well, where are you going to hide on that great day? The earthquake rocks the world. world. Where oh, where are you gonna hide? Where you gonna hide? When the sun from space is hurled. Where oh, where you gonna hide? Where you gonna hide? When all things have passed away. away. Say where oh, where you gonna hide? Where you gonna hide on that great day?